Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. Okay, our first slide is, our key scripture is Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And one of the things that we have been doing for almost three months now at 9.30 here is preparing our minds. And one of the things, and, and you know, I was back there, my husband helped me with my slide and everything. He, he did such a wonderful job. And um, <laughs> anyway, and so I was, I was in there, but I heard y'all, and y'all were so excited. I wanted to hear what y'all were saying. And, and, but we learned something in our classes. We learned that people, even though we're in church and even though we're repairers, some people are still dealing with unforgiveness. Some people are still dealing with bitterness and resentment and depression and rejection. And, you know, we took like a little side road trip to rejection. And we realized so many people struggle with that. You know what? Everybody will be rejected. Doesn't mean you have to have that feeling or that spirit of. Jesus was rejected. Everybody's not going to accept you. And that's okay. You just go on. Let's go to the next slide. Why is it so important that God said above all else to guard your heart? Let's go to the next slide. Emotional baggage. Walking around, you know, I am so grateful that, you know, growing in Christ, having the Holy Spirit in me. Because one time, I, you know, I was in a store and I had to just do a, just a real quick evaluation of myself because I wasn't feeling the happiest. And if I wasn't feeling the happiest, I know I wasn't looking happy. And I thought to myself, and I was standing in this line, you know, at the grocery store, and I'm thinking, you know, Sophie, you look like everybody else. You're supposed to be different. And I realized that sometimes when you have emotional baggage, you look like what you feel. If you're angry about something, you're looking angry all the time. You're snapping at people. You know, if you're rejection, if you are struggling with rejection, you're rejected. You know, you're rejecting yourself. You're rejecting people from getting too close to you. And I realized, I said, you know what? God has given me all this information. I can't look like everybody else. I can act and look different. So I, I realized that, you know what? Okay, Sophia, stand up straight. You know, put a smile on your face. You know, you're just standing in the line. Thank God that you're in the store. Thank God you have money to buy food. Just, you know, you just kind of change your whole attitude because the emotional baggage. But this is the thing, though. It helps us to understand and to pray for other people. Because flesh says that when you get angry with me, I'm going to get angry with you. Flesh says if you reject me, I reject you. But the Holy Spirit says pray for those that despitefully misuse you. Pray for those that you know, bless those that curse you. That's what the Bible says. And I'm learning more and more now that when I see these things going on, they need prayer. They need a hug. They need somebody to say, I love you. They need somebody to say, oh, what's wrong? You know, next slide. The power of soul ties. Lord Jesus, it can take you out of a covenant. Lord Jesus. I don't want to be out of covenant because I serve, like I said, a jealous God. And while I'm in covenant, I have all these covenant rights. So why do I want to be outside? Why do I want to have my finances taken and, and, and my peace taken and my joy taken when I can be inside of the covenant? And I'll be, perfectly, I'll be perfectly honest with you, you know, you know, pastor says sometimes, you know, the married people want to be single and the single people want to be married. I thank God for marriage. I thank God for the covenant of marriage. I thank God I do not have to date 
anymore. Because sometimes single people make y'all think that y'all want to be single. They really don't. Amen. They really don't. You begin to think like they think. You begin to think like when you have a soul tie, you, first of all, do you realize that when you tie your soul with someone else's soul, you're becoming one with that person? You're thinking like that. And like I said, soul ties are good sometimes, but you have to be careful who you link yourself up to. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we don't even know all this, though, until, and see, it's interesting. People don't want to come to church, and people don't want to read their Bibles, but that's where all this is. That's why he say, don't do this, don't do that. That's why he tells us, even in Deuteronomy, this is all the blessings when you do this, and this is all the curses when you do that. You know, we look at what the world has to offer, but we don't look at the small print of what happens when you go outside of his covenant, outside of his laws. Let's go to the next one. You know, the danger of being locked up in your emotions, it can take you back. Like I said, arrested development. You are a prisoner of those emotions. The danger of rejection, bitterness, unforgiveness. You know, you don't. <laughs> I had this friend one time, and to be honest, sometimes when I make new friends, people that, you know, don't go to this church, people, you know, let me out, I don't necessarily tell them that I'm a pastor's wife. Sometimes I just kind of get to, you know, I feel them out a little bit because one young lady I had got to know, and she worked at this flower shop, and she was telling me, she said, I want to get off this day. She said, but this lady never lets me off. She said, she's so mean. She's this pastor's wife. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay. So I know she feels a certain way about pastor's wife or, or about church people. And sometimes I tend to, you know, feel people out first. How you feel about church? How you feel about God? You know, how you feel about people of God? Because sometimes they are the meanest people. <laughs> and so we have to be careful about that. We don't want to, uh, you know, be in church and still be mean. Rejected and being rejected. Bitter and being bitter. You know, unforgiving. And, you know, I was telling my husband, I said, I don't know at what point, you know, God gave him this revelation, but he said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for somebody else to die. I heard that four times. Just this past week, I was reading a devotional, and this woman said, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for someone else to die. Get free. Go on with your life. And I think we leave that part out that says, forgive others so you can be forgiven. If nothing else, I want to be forgiven. Lord Jesus, let's go, to, let's go to the next slide. Amen. You know, and so one of the things that I realized is that we're repairers, okay? So even though we've discussed our, you know, uh, emotional baggage, you know, all the things that are holding us down emotionally and everything, uh, still at the end of the day, you know, our church is repairers. That is who we are. That is what we do. And so just recently, I just took the time to really, because someone asked me to, you know, share the vision for women's ministry, you know, um, what's our mission? And so I couldn't get past Isaiah 58. I said, because this is our mission, whether, you know, male, women ministry, uh, uh, men's ministry, this is what this is what we do. This is what we are. And at the beginning of the scripture, I went for all of it there. It talks about true and false worship. And, you know, worship is not, you know, lifting our hands at a song. It's how we live our lives. 
And so I realized something. When I saw this, what was so interesting was, even though this is Old Testament and it's literal, okay, it's, um, it's, it's, even though it's literal, let me show you how God showed it to me. He said, he's talking about fasting. You know, we fast. You know, if you're going to be a repairer, you got to fast, you got to pray. So he said, no, because of the people, they were fasting, and they were doing it for their own selves. And he's just talking about these people. He said, you all, you know, you, you, you go through the motions. You say you want to be close to me, but you don't want to be close to me. You know, you fast just for yourselves. You know, you still argue with people when you fast. You know, you, you treat your workers, your servants bad. He said, this is the kind of fast that I want. He said, free those who are wrongly in prison. Now, I know they may have meant actually in prison, but we need to free some people who we have wrongly in prison. We need to free some people that we have wrongly in prison. We need to let their press go free. You know, some people, there may be some women who have decided, I'm going to stay married to you, but I'm going to be mean to you. That's going to be your punishment. Instead of leaving him and letting him go, I'm going to oppress you that way. There's some people on jobs. You know, I'm going to come in and I'm going to do my work, but I'm not going to be nice. I'm going to have an attitude. But you can't fire me for having an attitude. I do my work. Let, let the oppress, but don't oppress people. Don't be the one that every time something goes on with you, you calling somebody on the phone and they're looking at your number wondering, should I answer this or not? Let people go free. Nobody wants to hear that. Amen. Free those. And so and it was just words that started really sticking out to me. This is our, you know, this is our scripture. You know, we, we say Isaiah 58, 12, you know, we're the builders of the walls and the ruined places and the broken places. Oh, that sounds good. But how do you get there? You know, for one, we got to repair our minds the way we think. So free those that are who free those who are wrongly in prison. First of all, we got to be free. We got to free people. The next thing he says is to share your food with the hungry. Now, you can share your actual food with the hungry, but share the word of God with people. Most of you all in here, you all know so much. We all know so much, but we don't share it. We keep it to ourselves. And even if you don't share the word, you know, some people say, I don't, I don't know enough. You know, we, we start questioning ourselves and do we know, you know, we haven't read the Bible, you know, in its entirety two or three times, so we think we don't know enough. Do you have a testimony? What has God done for you? Okay, it says, give, give clothes to those who need them. Now, you can do that literally, or you ever see people sometimes, they may be dressed so nice, but you can tell they're insecure. You can tell they don't feel all that good about themselves. You can tell there's something going on wrong with them. Sometimes you need to cover people with what you already have. If you know that you're loved, love other people. You know, we would say for the longest, hurting people hurt people. Love people, love people. And, and sometimes, and, and, and you know, this word is for me as, as it is for you because sometimes you don't feel like it. You don't feel like it. We get into our emotions. And we just think about, you know, this is what you do, and this is what I do. No, no. I know sometimes even with, you know, we, we got one other female in my house. And I think it's really kind of easy having, you know, four other men. 
it's okay. You know, men are different. You know, there's not as much drama. And so, you know, and even with her, you know, I have to, I have to realize that just because, you know, she's the drama, drama queen, you know, you calm down. You're the adult. You know, you're the mature one. You know, you were 18 once. You know, you, you know, and, and I realized too, you know, you're 18. You know, so a lot of decisions past graduation day. And I know she's nervous sometimes. And I know it's a lot going on with our young people. And so that's why sometimes we have to calm ourselves down and not be so emotional. Not wear our sleeves on our, not wear our feelings on our sleeves. It's not all about us all the time. It's about other people because why? We got to repair people. We got to help repair the ruined places. Help build those walls that have been torn down. Amen. It's said because when we do these things, when we free people and we're free, when we let the press go free, when we share our food with the hungry, the word of God, when we cover people, when we see that they need covering, you know, instead, you know, sometimes you stand back and you want to talk about people. You know what? Sometimes, I, I read one time, don't judge me by the chapter of my book that you walked in on. Sometimes I see people, you know, don't judge me by the chapter of the book that you walk in on. You know, there was a person here, and I got this person. You know, certain, you know, perceived notions, thoughts about this person. You know, just my own personal, you know, feelings wasn't, you know, trying, you know, trying to read people, you know, sometimes. And so I asked this person a question. And at first, rather reluctantly, she answered me. And then she told me, just, just put it out there. And I looked at her and all those thoughts that I had before, the inside criticisms, the judgments, like, whoa, you need to be glad sometimes that your story isn't somebody else's story. And I realized, okay, you need prayer. <laughs> you know, you don't need to be judged. I don't need to criticize you and because everybody has a story. Everybody has been through something. And when we meet people, we're on the outside looking in, and we don't know what people are going through. Amen. Amen. And God says that when you do these things, then when you call, I will answer. Yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. I think we're in a season where we want to hear a quick reply from the Lord. We don't want to wonder if I ask God a question, is he going to answer me? Always going to somebody else. Would it, would it, you, we tell them our situation so they can give us the word from God. Why not be able to go to the God for yourself and knowing that he'll quickly answer you? Amen. Because we want to get unstuck. Amen. Let's go to the next slide. The results are salvation and healing, moving forward in God and hearing from, and hearing from God. You know, some of us right now, we're kind of stuck in some areas and we're kind of wondering, you know, you may have some sort of, some kind of chronic illness going on in your body. You just kind of wonder, you know, why am I going round and around with this? You know, why am I having this struggle for this long? You know, I'm in the body of Christ. You know, my father is God. Why am I dealing with these things? Maybe you haven't let some people go. Maybe you're not sharing the word with people. Maybe you're not doing what he told us to do so you can get free. So we can get free. Amen. Let's, let's go to the next slide. Let's get back on track. You know what? When I thought about um, an emotional person in the Bible, I thought about Jeremiah. He just quickly came to mind. And 
because Jeremiah is called, he's called the weeping prophet. And, you know, Jeremiah, just like so many other people in the Bible, you know, when God called them, you know, it's interesting. Even though God is all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present, when he tells us to do something, we tend to, you know, raise our hand. You know, Moses did it, you know. <laughs> when he told him to go back and free his people, I can't do this. You know, I don't speak well. You know, I, I can't. All these things, all these I can'ts that we do. And Jeremiah was one of those, he's something young. You know, I don't know the words to say. And it was so interesting because this is the thing, y'all. When Pastor, he's, you know, he's really teaching a lot on Wednesday nights, on the, on the last days. And, it, and the Bible says in the last days how a lot of people will leave the faith. Let me say this. Being a Christian is a wonderful thing. Not always the easiest thing. There was a time in the Bible where all these people were walking behind Jesus. And he turned around, you know, asked them what they want. They want, they want him. And he said, have you uh, counted the cost? I think some people will leave because, you know, with the shaking has, that has begun, do I really want to walk this fine line? Pastor said he's going to start teaching on holiness. Do I really want to live this life? Because what the world is painting, you know, it looks good. But I'm so glad to know that I know that it's not. I was so glad that when I got saved, I realized that the world has nothing to offer me, nothing whatsoever. I was so ha- I was, you know what? I was personally happy to be able to tell my friends, "No, I'm not going to the club. Thank you." Uh, I mean, I was. I mean, I felt the protection. There were things that I was doing that I realized I didn't have to do no more because of changing size, because of being in this covenant, because of being under His protection and His care. And I started realizing His ways are better than my ways. And so. We need to, to get back on track. And, you know, and so with Jeremiah, you know, he, you know, stepped out there. You know, he was a prophet for God. And in this particular chapter, Jeremiah 20, um, Jeremiah's out there. He's out there prophesying God's voice peace. And he gets whipped and he's in prison. And, you know, you might get a little attitude with that. You know, I'm doing this for you. But I'm getting whipped, and there's so many other people in the Bible doing what God called them to do, but getting whipped and getting in prison, wrongly in prison. And so, you know, he said, Jeremiah had a complaint. This is what he said. He said, oh, Lord, you misled me, and I allowed myself to be misled. You are stronger than I am, and you overpower me. Now I am mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. Let's be honest. A lot of us are not living a Christian life to the point to where people really think that we are peculiar and different and you're being laughed at. Some of us don't want to be laughed at. I understand that we're in church now and it's the come as you are and everything, and we don't want to be so out there that we don't draw people in, but you still are chosen. You still are a peculiar person. There's something about you that should be a little different than everybody else, especially people who are not saved. Amen. He said... When I speak, the words burst out. Violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. And, you know, I remember, especially in the early years, you know, because of the information that I was getting, I was so excited about it. And, you know, and I remember um, just sharing about, you know, it's, you know, it's two, you know, two worlds out here. It's, you know, it's, it's demonic and it's God. And, you know, telling people, you know, demons are real and having people laugh at you. You know, and you can almost make your bag back a little bit because they're looking at you like you're the crazy one, you know. He says, but if I say, but, 
foot. He said, but if I say, I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his words burn in my heart like a fire. It's like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. He said, I can't do it. I can't trade what you have in the world. I can't trade it for what God has done for me, what God has given me. And can I say this, you all? I think, to be perfectly honest, we are living in a season where the fire has kind of fizzled. You know, we kind of like, if I feel like doing it, I do it. If I don't feel like doing it, I won't do it. And, you know, we, we want to be in the middle. And God told us he, don't, he doesn't want us to be hot or cold. You know, like a lot of our children make C's when they can do better because, you know, see, that's average. You know, I could do better, but I could do worse. So I'm right in the middle. I'm okay. And I think we have to realize that in the church, that fire is not there. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire. He's not a wildfire. He wants to burn up the soul ties, the rejection, the heaviness, the depression, everything that's stopping you from being a repairer. He wants to burn that up. And then we ask ourselves, how can he do it? You ask him. Just like David said, rejoice me, the, the joy of my salvation. I think if we get on our face before God and just say, you know what? I'm tired of being average. I'm tired of not feeling the fire of God. When, 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 when God baptized the people, he said he baptized them with the Holy Ghost and fire. I don't think it's two different things. I think it's a package deal. If we get the Holy Ghost, I think the fire is supposed to be in there. I think we're supposed to be able to walk and, and, and actually touch people and the healing comes. I honestly do believe that. And if you're not careful, I honestly believe that you will miss it. I do believe that breakthrough is here. It's not coming. It's here. There is so much because like I showed me before, I want to be a better covenant Christian. When you look at what happened in the Old Testament, we're New Testament saints. And can I say something? Sometimes some of us, whether you feel like you're too old to do something or feel like you're too young to do something, God's time is it's based on you. You know what? I don't think we realize that when God told Moses to go let his people go, he was 80 years old. He had been in Pharaoh's house for 40 years. He had been in, in Midian for 40 years. He was 80 years old. And he said to go let my people go. And he said that when he died at 120, <laughs> I do one of these confessions. As it was with Moses, so it is with me. My eyes are not dim, neither my natural force abated. Blessed are my eyes for they see and my ears for they hear. That's one of my healing confessions. At 120 years old, God required his life from him, from him for his disobedience. Not because he got old. And not because he couldn't do the things, because he was still a very old man at 120 years old. So what am I saying? Oh, life has passed me by. No, life has not passed you by. You can, I feel right now, it's up to me. It's my decision. It's my choice. Some of us are late bloomers. That's okay. And when he called Abraham out, he was 75. I mean, think about it. Abraham was the man of faith. You're 75. You're going to have a son. Okay. You know? But you know what I love when I read that story? You know, because one of the things that Pastor was sharing about soul when he was dealing with emotions, he was talking about, you know, uh, Sarah being an emotional person. 
And, and that's true, but you know what? When, when the angels told Sarah she was going to have a baby, this time next year, she was 89 years old. And you know what? Not only did they have the baby the following year, she was 90, Abraham was 100. 40 years later, 40 years later, Sarah passed. If you read the story, Abraham remarried, had some more children. <laughs> you know, so do we still not have the same restoring God that was back then? People every day, we think it's a wonderful thing. You see on Facebook, you see in the news, this person is over 100 years old. Science proves it. When your, your cells can split the way, you can live to be 120 years old. So am I going to get sad and depressed about what I didn't do 20 years ago? When God has blessed me in the same spirit that quickened Jesus from the grave still raises my mortal body? We don't have time to be caught up in our emotions, thinking about what we can't do and what we could have done and what we should have done. And my mama didn't do this. And just I read, you know, your parents may have um, caused some things to, you know, you may not got the best head start. That's okay. That's okay. And I think that's why God started with these people at such an old age to let you know that you ain't got to be 21. You don't have to be 16. I can move with you if you say yes. You can do If you'll go. There you go. You can do whatever God has called you to do. Amen. Next slide. Understanding emotional baggage. The feeling will always be there. Feelings, feelings are not going to leave us. That's why some people are not even sure that's salvation sometimes because of how they feel. Feelings are not going anywhere. As long as you have blood in your body, you are going to feel but this is a question. Feeling one thing, but what's your behavior going to be? What are you going to do? I feel a lot of ways certain times, but, you know, sometimes Elder King, you know, can I get some of my nerves? I feel a certain way. But sometimes, most times, I try not to act out what I feel, you know? And so it's based on what I do, not what I feel. You know, Jesus said, if this cup, you know, if you just remove this cup from me, that's what he felt. But what did he do? He went to the cross for us. Amen. Amen. I think, you know, and, and, and the fire is coming. You know, like I said, I can just tell in here, you know, it's, it's a stirring that is coming up. You know, there is a, you know, even um, initially I started not to, you know, just share with everyone I was ministering. I'm like, why not? I need the prayers of the saints. You know, I want the fire. I want the I want to feel the fire of God. I want I want to be I want to do what God has called me to do. First of all, I want to be a repair. I want to repair. But I can't do it without the fire of God. It's something about me that's gotta be different. Amen. Amen. And I think I think that if we all would just repent first. Repent from being lukewarm. Repent from being too much in my feelings. Repent from not doing what he's called me to do. And I think if, he asks, if, we, if, if we ask for the fire, he'll send the fire. <laughs> because all he wants is availability. All we are is the vessel. Amen. It's the Holy Spirit working. I mean, for the longest I toyed with, you're not this, you're not that. It's not about you. It's, with, it's God working through you. Amen. 
Amen. I think that's my last slide. Amen. I just want to do a prayer. I just feel led to to pray. I feel led. I think that people are. I think we're tired of being tired. I think we are even wondering about ourselves and what we're not doing. Amen. Close your eyes, Father God. Father God, we come before you right now, and we praise you, Father. We bless your name today, and we thank you, Lord God. We repent, Father, today for being lukewarm. We repent, Lord God, for letting the fire go out. We thank you, Lord God, that you are a consuming fire. And we thank you, Lord God, for what you've done for us. And right now we ask, Father God, that that fire, that fire from God stirs us up, builds us up so we can walk out and do those things that you have called us to do so that we can lay hands on the sick and they will recover in the name of Jesus, that blinded eyes will be opened in the name of Jesus, Father God. We thank you, Lord God, that we represent you in what we do, Father. We thank you, Lord God, that we are spirits, Lord God. Yes, we have a mind in this body, but we are spirits, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, today that when we go before you in your throne room, that we're seated with you in heavenly places today, Father God. We're right beside you. You are our Father. We can talk to you intimately, and everything that's in your will that we ask of you is yes and amen, and we thank you for that today, Lord God. We thank you and we praise you, Lord God. Fill us with your fire, Lord God, your consuming fire, Lord God. We just thank you right now. And we praise you, Lord God. We bless your name today because you're worthy, Father. You're worthy. You're worthy, Father. We thank you today, Lord God. Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.